Welcome to Mill Spouse House, where we discuss our personal experiences with being a military spouse, answer your questions, and try to navigate this journey together. I'm Erin. And I'm Molly. So come on in, grab a coffee, get cozy, and let's have a chat. Hello, listeners. Before we dive in, we just want to say thank you so much for making the end of 2021 so special for us. Starting Mel Spouse House has been the greatest journey. We are learning a lot, and it is truly the highlight of our week. With the new year comes new change, and we will be uploading our episodes every Thursday moving forward. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We've got special guests lined up, new content, new discoveries, and we hope that you enjoy Mill Spouse House 2022 as much as we do. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Mill Spouse House. Molly, how was your week? It's been going pretty good. Very, very busy, but, you know, productively busy, if that's if that explains it a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I know that we had to push our recording back a couple of days because you and I both were like meetings after meetings and just had to take a step back and move some things around. Um, yeah. Which kind of goes straight into the topic that I wanted to discuss today, when to say no and when to say, I can't do this right now. I was reading a few articles on militaryspouse.com and they just really resonated with me, especially right now. You know, we just had the holidays and things are always a little crazier at work after the holidays. Things are a little crazier in the house after the holidays, at least for me. And oh, for sure, here too, especially with kids. <laughs> oh my gosh, like they get out of routine so quick because they're out of school, mm-hmm. and then you know, even even like the you know how there's kind of like the magic around Christmas, like all the Christmas oh, yes. decoration and always something to look <laughs> forward to. Well, I have kind of a funny, cute story um, about my three year old. My three year old loves the Christmas tree. And so I pushed oh. it off as long as I could taking down the Christmas tree because I just knew that it was going to be a meltdown because she loves the Christmas tree. She would always turn it on then in the morning. If it wasn't on, she'd turn it on. And so she just loved it. She was always fiddling with the ornaments and looking at it. And this year was like really the first year that she really understood like Santa and the reindeer and just kind of the magic of Christmas. And so when we went to take it down, I had to like make up silly stories like, oh, okay, well, when we take off this ornament, we'll say, see you next year and put it in the box. And like all of these cute things because she was not having it, was not having it. And then, so the tree was naked. (laughs) We we were able to take all of the ornaments off, but then it was just like naked for a day. And then the next day I was like, okay, it's time to put the tree in the box and put it away. But I mean, even, even stuff like that. And then she was just kind of in a mood the rest of the day. And I was like, look, I kid, I get it. Like the magic of Christmas (laughs) is over, but there's always next year, you know, that's why it's so special. But in terms of, you know, getting into a routine and then having so many special things happen and then kind of like reverting right back to normal day. It's hard for adults, but it's also really hard for kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that is such a cute way of 
doing that. That what a great idea. Yeah. And making it her, as special as you could. Yeah. <laughs> I also told her, I said something about like the tree needing to hibernate because she understands <laughs> like we were just talking about like how bears hibernate and stuff. And so I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna use this. You know, you have to get creative with three-year-olds or with kids in general. But yeah, I was like, okay, well, the tree needs, you know, the tree needs to go to sleep. It needs to hibernate so it can be bright and shine bright next year. And so I felt so silly, but it worked. It took the sting off of it a little bit. So sometimes you have to, you know, find ways around tough situations to avoid massive meltdowns. <laughs> yeah. So she bought it. She she went. She with did. It. She bought into it. She bought into it. Still wasn't happy about it, but. Uh, but she bought into it and and then we went and played in her pink car that she got for Christmas and then she was fine. <laughs> Perfect. I had a little pink car when I was little. It was my older sister's, but we had a little pink car. I too. know. It's this Jeep and it has like a radio and a horn and lights and it's all decked out. She <laughs> loves it so much. She puts stickers all over it and it's it kind of reminds me of like those old Barbie Jeeps. Um, yeah, you know, for all we the had a, 90s kids out there, it's yeah. like the Barbie Jeeps. It's it's like a 2001 Barbie Jeep, if you will. <laughs> yeah, we had the Barbie uh, convertible or something. I don't know. Ooh, but, uh, nice. Yeah, really, really <laughs> fancy. Well, yeah, I mean, even that, you know, when when to put an end to something, that's mm-hmm. kind of also what I'm talking about. And, you know, you and I were very busy coming back from our break and realize that we had to push this aside and tend to the things that were really important. And sometimes you have to do that, especially as a military spouse. And all the time you're going to get the question of, well, are you coming home for this holiday? And you might be clear across the country and it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, I need this time with my spouse. I need to make sure my my kids aren't tired from all the running around. They want to wake up in their own house for Christmas or things like that. You know, sometimes we go to a new duty station and we think we have to get really involved really fast and join every club, join every small group that's happening, get involved, bake all the cookies for all the events that are going on. And it's okay to say no. It's okay to take some time for yourself, especially when you never know when your spouse is going to be deployed or go to that next training. It, it's hard sometimes. And it's hard when you want to be so involved, but you have to remember your core priorities. And, and it goes back to a lot of the self-care that we were talking about before. You don't have to be running around. You don't have to work for everybody else. I know over the holidays, I'd promised to make all of these cookies for a unit my husband isn't even in, but I got, <laughs> you know, convinced to help. And I was so stressed out about it. I It was supposed to be something that was so fun, but there were so many other things going on and so many things that I had to prepare for to go on my Christmas break and to, you know, get packages ready to send back to my family and and things like that, that I should have just said no. I should have just said I would love to participate, but now is just not the time for me. I'm just too busy. That's a great way to put it. That is a really great way to put it. 
Write that down. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, you that's know, such it's a great way of setting that boundary and that expectation yeah. and not in not welcoming in all of the, but you said you would, the ifs, ands, and buts that come with it. Because yeah, I remember one of the silver linings of deployment was that I could plan ahead for things, mm. you know? So that's when I would make my trip home. Um, you know, to Michigan, that's when I would, you know, plan things with family more than a month ahead of time. Something that you really struggle doing when your service member is home because of trainings and just everything. It's hard to plan. Um, and it's more, you're more spontaneous between deployments than you, than you are within deployments. So I would always use that too, as kind of my excuse or just setting that boundary. And, you know, it took my friends and family a little bit of time to get used to that. But eventually they did because I set that expectation of, hey, you know, when he's home, that's that's our time together. You know, that is our time together. We don't know how much time we have together in between deployments. We don't know when he's going to be training again. We just can't, we can't, give up on that time. There's no wiggle room um, between deployments, but you know what? How about I come home when he deploys? You know, always I always would like give them an option of some sort. And then it gives me something to look forward to within the deployment as well. Right, right. And um, I had an example. Let me think. Oh, um, there's a small group that is at another installation here. So it's a little bit farther away, but it's a group that I'm very interested in and they meet on Fridays. Well, those of you who've listened to our podcast before, you know that I live in South Korea. So when I'm working, I'm working on US time. So like right now it's three in the morning, almost four in the morning. And I work all through the night. So on Fridays, that's when really my husband and I see each other for the first time in the whole week. And the small group meets on Fridays. And as much as I would love to go hang out with these people every week, I have to choose my priority in that moment. And where I don't see my husband five days out of the week or four days out of the week, I choose to say, well, I actually want to sit down and have dinner with my husband tonight. I actually want to spend some quality time together and you can make compromise. You know, the, the group meets every week. So who's to say that I can't go once a, once a month or every other week, you know, there's definitely yeah. compromises that you can make. And when they have big events, I go to those and my husband will come with me, but you kind of have to play the balancing game. And we do talk about finding your support system and we do talk about putting yourself out there, but don't overload yourself with too much responsibility or too many obligations. Don't make too many promises. And even when it comes to phoning back home, maybe you're making promises. Well, I'm going to call you um, every day or mom. <laughs> and it doesn't always mm -hmm. work out. But that's just when you have to have a conversation with those people and say, I really want to do these things. But with this lifestyle, it's a bit unpredictable. Um, so I will do the best I can and be there when I can. Yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, with like the phoning home too, is I remember, you know, there were some days in, in deployment that I didn't have the mental capacity 
to call mm-hmm. home. And mm-hmm. because I didn't want, I knew the first question would be, how are you doing? And I didn't want to explain why I wasn't doing well. And sometimes, sometimes, yeah, I would call and it would, it was therapeutic to explain, well, he's, he's on a ship. I won't have communication with him. You know, I'm really having a hard time. And I remember when he was on the ship and we weren't in communication, I think I reached out to, yeah, I reached out to all my girlfriends and I was like, Hey, could you guys help me out with this? Troy and I always used to say good morning to each other. And so I always, when I would wake up, I'd have a good morning text, you know, Mm. and because of the time difference, it, this worked out with them because I asked them, I was like, Hey, would, would someone like text me good morning? Just so I keep that, you know, like that yeah. just totally smile on my face. Not like I wake up. Oh, there's, there's no text from Troy. It's like, Oh, there's no text from my husband, but there is a text from my best friend. And so there's definitely things that you can do that are therapeutic but it's yeah, finding that balance between the responsibility of it. Like I have to do this or this person's going to yeah. be mad at me or this person's going to be disappointed And the, Hey, I actually really do need this support system in this person right now for my mental health. And I know that it's going to be beneficial. I'm going to schedule time to do this. Yeah, exactly. And I call my memo, um, every Friday year olds Friday which is my Saturday morning. And I call her every week, but there have been times where I am not in the mental space or I'm really tired and I need to sleep in. And I just text her, Hey, I'll call you tomorrow. I'll call you a little bit later. I'm tired or I have to go do this today. And as long as you're communicating, people will understand. It's it's when you stop communication that tends to get hard. And I feel the exact same way that you did on deployment. There are a lot of times where I don't want to talk to people back home mm-hmm. because you're right. I'm not in the mental space to do so, or I'm trying to be present in Korea and my life here. It is its own thing. My husband and I joke all the time that we feel like we're in limbo because Life is moving on and continuing in America, and we have our own thing happening here. Mm-hmm. And I have friends that really want to talk a lot, and I've had to kind of put a pause on some communications because I have to focus on what's going on right now and where I'm at in my environment and what's going on in my life here. Because balancing two lives, an American life and a Korean life, is just too Mm -hmm. difficult. It's too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so I have a few friends here that I want to talk to and want to hang out. And if I'm constantly going back to communicating with everyone at home, I'm, I'm neglecting the relationships that I've made here that are my support system and that are becoming that support system for me. And I would also say communicate with your spouse too. Adam is really great about recognizing that throughout the week I'm exhausted from working throughout the night and I'm and I'm not able to really hang out with him when he gets home. And he also understands because we've had communication and we've talked that on the weekends I I really 
need time with him and he really needs time with me, but I, especially where I'm home alone all day and I don't go see people at work physically like he does, he understands that, oh, I do need that quality time to go do an activity with him or cook dinner together or something. And he'll get calls and people asking him to go do stuff. And he respects that I need time with him. And he'll say, actually, my wife only gets these two days with me. I'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wanted to touch on you feeling like you were in two lives. Because when I first moved to our duty station in New Orleans, all of my friends and family were back in Michigan. And um, I really had to put, I had to put up a boundary with friends and family in regards to a couple of group messages and Snapchat, because I, I did, I felt like you, I felt like life was moving on like back home, like with activity, like with like parties that they were throwing activities, like gatherings. And I was, it was making me even more sad that I couldn't be there. And so I, I finally asked them like, Hey, could I be taken out of this message you know, when you guys meet on a Friday and you're, you know, you're messaging back and forth, like making plans, it's just making me really sad. Um, and they're just like, of course, of course, of course. And I was like, I still want to have communication with you. I just need to put up this boundary in terms of, you know, when you're planning an activity, maybe you guys can have like a separate chat for like, if you guys are looking, looking to meet up on a Friday night and wondering like, you know, what are we going to eat? Are we going to do tacos versus, you know, I don't, I don't need to know all of that. Um, Cause it's not only blowing up my phone, but it is also like making me sad that I can't be there cause I'm miles away. And so, right. yeah, definitely being honest with yourself and setting those boundaries say, okay, why am I in a funk? Am I in a funk? Because I got this text message that all my friends are meeting up and I'm in like I can't join because I am at my duty station with my spouse um, or is it something else? Like really trying to get to the bottom of why your emotions are, are you know, are the way that they are and, and then, and then doing something about them, you know, because for a long time, I think it was probably like a couple of months I let that happen. And then I finally caught on to that. Okay. I'm in, I'm in this mood after this happens, like this, this is why, you know, this is why my whole day, um, you know, is thrown off is because of this event. So you, you might have to do some digging in terms of figuring out what is actually bothering you. But then the key is to do something about it and take kind of control of it as much as you can. And then set those boundaries on things that you would normally jump at if you were back home. And I would also advise uh, playing off of what you just said. You said sitting there and trying to really get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And also make these communications, explaining yourself when you're in a calm headspace. I <laughs> I have been working on that a ton the past year. I'm a very, well, in the past, I would be very quick to get very hot and very frustrated and very upset. And you want to have these conversations of boundaries when you're in a calm headspace. You don't want to wait 
until you get to the point where you're so frustrated that you can't speak clearly. And then it ends up being a fight and maybe a bridge that is burned that you can't build back. You don't mm-hmm. want to do that. And, and that's not the purpose of setting boundaries. Setting boundaries isn't burning bridges. Setting boundaries is, is creating a space to where you can still be friends or be family members and still maintain a relationship. That's the point of boundaries. You don't want to be in a space where you're not able to communicate. So like Molly said, just sitting there and getting to the bottom of it and then communicating with either your spouse, your family members, or your friends, how you're feeling. And if they really love you and they and they really want to maintain that relationship with you, they will understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great point because when I realized that that was the cause, I I gave it a couple of days. I was like, okay, I have to be strategic in this because Mm. I don't want them to feel like they can't share things with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to burn any bridges. So like how, and I don't want them to feel bad. Like I want to make sure, like I'm taking ownership that it's me. It is me. Right. Um, You know, it's, it's not your guys's fault. Like I, I didn't want to come off as blaming. Um, So yeah, that's a great tip is to like, think about it. My mom always used to say, sleep on it. If there's Mm. a big decision, if there's, you know, a conversation, a fight, sleep on it, sleep on it, wake up in the morning refreshed, and then go head, head first into it. I have never been good at that because I'm one that wants to hash it out right then and there. And (laughs) I won't be able to sleep if I, if I do that, but it's, it's something that I'm constantly working on is sleeping on things versus acting out of emotion. I want to act, um, you know, strategically. And that's hard to do when you have so many emotions running through your body. And it's definitely hard to do when you're a part of this lifestyle that these changes are such big changes. They're not tiny changes. Mm -hmm. They're not moving down the street. Your spouse is going overseas to a destination that you don't know if they're in danger or not. It's moving across the country. It's moving your family over to the other side of the world. It's your spouse being gone for a few weeks training and you still don't know where they are. I mean, these are Mm -hmm. big changes. And so tend to them with care, these, these conversations. Absolutely. So listeners, set your boundaries. Say no when you have to. And remember that boundaries are setting you up to continue to have a relationship with someone else. And if you don't want to have a relationship with someone else, obviously, you know, set even more boundaries. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but for those of you who who still want to maintain those friendships back home and still want to talk to those family members back home, just communicate. Communicate where you're at. Take the time that you need in between calls, in between visits, and Yeah. Have those hard conversations. Look inside yourself before you have those conversations and use your support system when needed. Definitely. Well, thank you listeners. That's all we have for you today. We will see you next week. And remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. If you have any questions for us, you can reach us there or at our website, millspousehouse at vaclaimsinsider.com. 
Mill Spouse House is brought to you by VA Claims Insider. VA Claims Insider is an education-based coaching consulting company for disabled veterans who are exploring eligibility for increased VA disability benefits. VACI was founded in 2016 by Brian Reese, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran and former U.S. Air Force Captain. VACI currently serves more than 300,000 unique veterans per month across its websites and membership programs. VACI's mission is Veterans Helping Veterans Access Education-Based Resources to Get the VA Disability Rating and Compensation They Deserve. Mm-hmm.